Hello, and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast. We're just a group of friends who like talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and superhero movies. My name is Everett, and welcome to our episode over Glass. A long time ago, we did a episode over all of M. Night Shyamalan's filmography except for Split, and then the next week we released an episode over Split. You can go back and listen to both of those if you would like to. Um, and this episode continues on our journey. Um, this was really hard to get anybody into the studio for. Um, so me and Matt did a, t- a two-person podcast, which is we've only done two of in the past. And uh, it, I think it turned out pretty well. I did not have time to go through and edit it, so I cannot warn you for any spoilers except for Glass and Unbreakable and Split. Those are probably all major in there. Without further ado, let's go join myself and Matt for Glass. Well, that was a long <laughs> conversation of uh, n- nothing recorded. Uh. But we, 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 we know each other now. We're, we're back caught up. We, yeah. we had a long conversation. We just now realized, thanks to my cat actually jumping up on the desk and pointing out that we had not yet been recording this whole time, uh, we just did our most of our introduction catch-up m- part of the podcast. So you, you were just talking about Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. And you thought it was a perfect film. Perfect film. Okay. I've seen, uh, as far as P.T. Anderson goes, because this year when I'm doing my rewatching or not rewatching, watching stuff I hadn't seen. I'm trying to focus on groups, so I thought I'd watch P.T. Anderson's filmography because I've seen Phantom Thread in the past, which was his most recent one. Mm-hmm. And last year I caught uh, Boogie Nights. Okay. And I liked both of those, but probably would never watch them again. Same. Um, but Punch Truck Love, I absolutely loved. It was okay. such a good movie. I, I'd like to own it if I could grab it. Okay, so there's if you liked that, there's another Adam Sandler movie I'm going to recommend to you, mm-hmm. and I believe it's called Rain Over Me. Oh, I've seen parts of that too, with Don Cheadle. Yes, if you liked Punch Drunk, this it feels kind of like a spiritual successor, and in my opinion, his performance in that outdoes his performance mm-hmm. in Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh there's a lot of like a lot of depth and um humanity in it's kind of it's a post 9-11 movie right yeah it is um but it's not not like it doesn't dwell on that right yeah um but it it shows a whole different side of adam sandler that like you kind of you get to see in punch drug love to a point but it kind of expands on it and the way his character interacts with don Cheadle is just really i don't know it's a beautiful film about compassion and sometimes like you you know a person and even though there's this wall between you you don't give up on them mm-hmm. or like maybe they do everything to push you away you don't give up on them and because it's it just sh- you one you show how much you care about this person if they're if they mean that much to you um by not giving up but it's it's something that i think a lot of people forget and whenever things get hard people just walk away Mm. And it's it's a movie. I'll have to catch it. Um, I'm pretty I, sure I, it's streaming on Netflix. Yeah, I feel like the first time I saw it, it was on TV too. So I'm sure it was probably edited. probably edited, and I probably only saw 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, the only other late discovery I've seen this year was 2018's Blockers. 
<laughs> with John Cena. John Cena. How did you feel about that? You know, I've never really been a fan of the teen sex comedies, but this one's good. It's okay. it's different. Um, it's not like raunch for raunch sake mm-hmm. throughout most of the movie anyway. Um, there's some moments, but uh, it actually like has a message involving uh, sex with teens. Interesting. And that maybe it was, it was good. Okay. It was good. I managed to check that one out. It's been on my it's been on my curiosity list. Some uh, I watched one. I I did have one rewatch, and there was actually one other movie I didn't talk to you about that I want to talk to you about because I don't know if you'll ever watch this movie, but I'm curious to know if you would. Mm-hmm. Happy Time Murders. Oh, okay, yeah. Would you ever watch that? You know, I really wanted to. You know, I'm a big, a big Henson fan. Yeah. Um, and it's Brian Henson, the guy who did A Muppet Christmas mm-hmm. Carol, and uh, which is a great movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then the reviews came out, and I was like, man, they hated that movie. Everyone hated that movie. They that movie picks on it picks on a lot of different groups and people. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like this big middle Muppet finger. <laughs> um, but it's if you can get past, which I it, think most of them have four fingers, so there is no such thing as a middle Muppet finger. Maybe it's a double Muppet <laughs> finger. <laughs> I don't know. You figure it out. Uh it's okay. So it does. Ha- it, ha- it does have its its raunchier moments, but it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's not a great movie, but it's I'm trying to think. Did you ever see Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, I rewatched it last year actually. Did you? Okay, so it's like that. It feels kind of like mm. that kind of comedy. Okay. Not kind of like a teen sex comedy, but that kind of like raunch comedy, but like it's not complete trash. Hmm. And it's interesting seeing Muppets just say like fuck and like that. I think most of the reviews I was reading was that was the gimmick the whole time. Like it, they hang on that is it's Muppets being dirty. It kind of is, but it's also like, I mean, there's a, there's, if you stripped away the Muppets and you put people in it, it would still, I feel like it would still be um, a decent film, mm-hmm. but because it's Muppets, it does give it a leg up. Uh, it's something to see. And they really, it's kind of like, they don't take it to team America levels of parody, mm-hmm. but it does. It definitely does go down, start going down that road. Okay. You may like it. I you may might it. watch it this yeah. year. I don't know. Yeah. I have a, I've talked to Seth about this a lot. I have a rule of that. I traditionally, if it, I, I go to rotten tomatoes a lot. That's my home away from home. If it's like less than 60 on both sides of audience and critics, I traditionally won't watch it. Cause there's so many that have the better chance I'm going to enjoy that mm. I haven't seen yet. And so, but you haven't seen Venom kinda, and I think Venom has like, like an 80. No, I saw Venom. Oh yeah, that's right. You did. And you I hated it. it. Duh. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, hated it wasn't a hate. It was like, eh, I, I saw that. I think that was her. Do you have a, Air oh, I do have an air. Yeah, that okay. was that. All right. Uh, yeah, oh, that that air like, freshener. There we go. All right. Um, <laughs> I was like, my cat just hiss. <laughs> I was round. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So you okay? Then you st- you should still watch Amazing Spider-Man. I'm pretty if two because I'm pretty sure that's got like a seventy percent. I was looking at all those today and. It doesn't. It has a 64% 64? with the audiences. So it's higher than 51% 60. with critics. 
So when you even those out, no, 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 you're just trying to make, you're risk. just making excuses now. You it's should watch the, it. The, the the statistically speaking, I I it's very likely I will not like it. I want to watch it with you. I like I we might do a podcast this year. I don't know because like that is one I've put off since we started this because I've not seen it either. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's such a draw straight down the middle. Like when because I was working at the comic shop heavy whenever that came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember the people that would come in and they would talk about it. And like I had people come in that absolutely loved it. And it felt like the 90s Spider-Man series. And then I had people that absolutely hated it because it betrayed a lot of the things in the comics. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, where do you fall? You know, I think the first one hurt me too much, like doing the the Dark Knight thing to Spider-Man. And I was just like, I don't want to. They definitely don't do that so much in this one. From from my understanding, it's more comic book feeling, hmm. but like it feels like that kind of grounded '90s animated feel. Gotcha. So, well, I, you know, we if we do it, I like I, I'm yeah. I'm waiting. I'm gonna give you to the end of the year, and if you don't, I'll just watch it. That'll be my New Year's Eve movie. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. So the beginning of this podcast, what we talked about <laughs> without recording, um, I was saying, even though I said I was gonna take a break this year, uh, or at this month. January, I was mm-hmm. going to take a break from media and focus on writing music, but I've ended up watching 20 movies in the first 27 days, and most of them were rewatch, and I rewatched the first two Spider-Man movies again the past couple nights with Trent, friend of the podcast, because uh, he he had seen the first apparently when he was a kid, but never really went back to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I had watched it like 20 times on VHS. Uh, if not more, um, and so I wa- rewatched that the other night by myself, mm-hmm. and then last night I showed Trent the second because he had, he had watched the first one last year. Okay, and uh, he said he liked it a lot. And he's probably curious to see the third, huh? I think he is. He at the end of the movie, cause, and I, I I showed him that, and then I showed him parts of two point two point one that were had yeah. been cut from the theatrical. Showed yeah. him those things, uh, and. He is. He he seems interested. He says, "I don't see how it could be bad after the first two. <laughs> like everybody talks down upon it." And I was like, "I think I I, I told him I have no idea how he'll react because you know, with Trent, like he likes some stuff I don't like. He likes stuff that yeah, I do never, like. Yeah, so. you never quite know. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. He says Spider Verse is still his favorite, but Spider Man Two is a close second. Then he probably won't like Spider Man Three. Um, but whenever you show him, let me know because yeah. like. I don't know. Are you going to show them the theatrical or the editor? Probably the editors. Because it was I, so much better. Well, I, I think it was a bit better. <laughs> I don't know how much better. I thought it was a lot better. <laughs> um, uh, and then, but before we watched Spider-Man 2, me and him went to the theater to watch The Kid Who Would Be King. I don't know anything about that. It's uh, it's done by Joe Cornish, mm-hmm. who did Attack the Block. And oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's a a new it's a modern day Excalibur movie. Okay. Like a kid who Yeah. finds the sword. Have you seen Attack the Block? No. You would like Attack the Block. It's what I've been what I've heard anyway. Attack yeah. Attack the Block feels a lot like Shaun of the Dead and Hot mm-hmm. Fuzz. Um, I know Edgar was a the co producer on it. Yeah. And it's got John Boyega in it mm-hmm. as one of his first roles and it's and it's got Nick Frost in it too. It's fun. It's good. I I, I need to catch it. It's another one that's hard to find streaming anywhere. So, 
It was on Shutter for the longest time. Mm, I don't have Shutter. Oh, I would give you my login. Okay. Uh, I have one other rewatch, and I was up. It was because I went and saw it last night at Circle, um, The Burbs. Oh, they showed that really at graveyard shift, and then I had to be up at like six this morning. So I've been a zombie all day, but uh, man, I love that movie. Was it any a special showing? What do you mean? Like was it an event or just? Yeah, it was, just I mean, cause? well, it was just their midnight, their graveyard shift. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that they do every month, and next month they're doing Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Ooh, I like mm- that one. Most of these are on actual film. Like last night, the movie was on actual film, and you could tell, hmm. and it was like, wow, like this is pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, in March they're doing in March they're doing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street four, but in April they're doing Streets of Fire. Have you ever heard of Streets of Fire? No. Okay, well this connects so. back in with Spider Man. Chariots of Fire. That's what you're thinking of. No. <laughs> so Sp- Streets of Fire has the youngest looking I've ever seen in Willem Dafoe. And mm. he's like this kind of like tough, younger than uh, the the Oz one, the, the the Oz one with Nick Cage, and and uh, are you talking about Wild at Heart? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was Streets of Fire came out in the early early to mid eighties. Oh wow! Whenever uh, like Meatloaf was a huge deal because he does this uh, soundtrack, mm. but that turns me off right there. <laughs> I love Meatloaf. (laughs) I love Meatloaf. I don't know. This movie looked really fun, but it also looked like, I don't know. Like, it was just odd seeing Willem Dafoe look look young and kind of like he was dressed in like this like black leather vest Hmm. and pants. And he was just, he was mean, but not like that creepy mean that he tends to be. But like when he's in Spider-Man and he gets like, do you know how much I've sacrificed? Mm -hmm. Like that whole energy is all that this trailer showed. And I was just like, I want to see this now just for that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So if you want to go, I don't know, it's in April. It'd be okay. fun to go. Right. So. Hey. I'm interested. Uh, and you like Bram Stoker's Dracula, don't you? I do. Okay. I like it more than uh, the Frankenstein around that time. Yeah. Mary Shelley's, Fra- Mary, that was not great, but I, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe we should, do you have Dracula? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should watch that. I'm not sure if I want to go watch it at Circle really like but I'm curious to rewatch that one I think I have it somewhere for the listeners I have all my blu-ray collection in the studio here but I would imagine it'd be around the Universal Monsters yeah maybe I may have it still I don't know okay um but speaking of movies (laughs) that's a transition right Right. <laughs> we saw a movie. <laughs> two um, white guys in a podcast. <laughs> two years ago, we did a podcast that you weren't on. Split? No. We did all the M. Night Shyamalan oh, yeah. movies yeah, yeah. up to Split. Um, uh, Kendall, Seth, and I, um, traditionally uh, big cast members on the podcast, um, we did every single movie and talked about them. And in that episode, I revealed that Unbreakable was my favorite, and we were talking about Unbreakable and how we wanted a sequel, and uh, it had been talked about for years, and we'd just been disappointed time after time again, it being canceled and mm-hmm. pushed on. Start, stop, start, stop. Um, and then we saw Split the next day and did a podcast over it, but seeing the end of that movie 
me and Seth were like, whoa, in theaters. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it, how it's one of the best experiences we've ever had in theaters. Just that reveal was so great and on a, so on a, on a side note um, fuck you anthony i'll never <laughs> yes. forgive you for that the movie had i think we were seeing it opening weekend we were th- we it was saw it wednesday thursday or wednesday the or th- wednesday afterwards okay. probably is when we were seeing it and matt had had it spoiled within that time just a few days guys just give me a few days like Not i will tell week. you i will tell you whenever we were going to go see glass. I stayed off my phone <laughs> for like, and f- social media as a whole for like two days. Cause I was like, not going to happen again. I don't want to know what's coming. Yeah. I, and yeah. Yeah. And I had avoided. M- so, so yeah, we, we saw it was a sequel and then, uh, he had, I had read before even seeing that movie and somehow this article didn't spoil it for me. I think they did, had written it very well to where they didn't reveal what split was but they had stated in the article that they where they had interviewed M. Night he had said the next one will be a unbreakable sequel the next movie I'm making and so I was stoked to hear that and we finally a year ago or so got that it was coming out and it was going to be called Glass Yes, which made my expectations turn a bit because in the f- we, when we did the split podcast, we were like, how is this going to tie in? We did all of our theories, and I had stated that I thought that maybe Elijah was going to show up like in a cameo moment. Like David would have to like go to him in prison or is in insane asylum, Kai. wherever he is, and kind of like ask him for advice on how to take down this guy. But I didn't. Did I, I have a prediction on this? Seen us. I re-listened to it, but I do not remember. Yeah. I, I, I know some of the, we we were all kind of like saying we'd be cool to see Mr. Glass again. Yeah. But we did, I don't think any of us expected that. No. This. No. Um, and another thing we talked about, which was changed from by this movie, was we all were kind of like wanting like to see what happened with Casey. Like, yes. but I don't think any of us were asking for this much Casey. I felt like, okay, well, I, I will tell you, I felt like she needed a little more. A more than what was in this movie? Yeah. Wow. That's okay. one of my sticking points with this film. Interesting. Um, I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of, like, I, I like you were saying, like, we'd heard a little bit of maybe this was going to get a sequel. It was originally going to, there was originally going to be a sequel. Uh, it was going to start production in 2001, but due to di- disappointing box office um, returns, it was turned down. But then DVD sales did so well, mm-hmm. the conversation started back up. Um, which, speaking I, of which, I really hope Disney releases a 4K version, like, redoes the, it for 4K because apparently the D, the Blu-ray, which I don't own, is not good. The U, the U.S. one isn't. It's got compression issues and mm-hmm. the audio's out of sync. And Disney doesn't care to fix it. But if you get the U.K. Mm-hmm. one that's region-free, the picture's a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, The problem was, one, it's early in the Blu-ray lifetime, so it's a Blu-ray 25 and not a 50, okay? Mm-hmm. So they compressed all the extras and the film, which the film, usually a film, takes up between 17 and 34 um, gigabytes of the disc, mm-hmm. right? Depending on how long it is. But they compressed all the, like, and it was a two-disc DVD because there was so many extras. 
compressed it all on to BD25. Um, the wow. UK one is a 50, no compression issues, uh, and this, the audio doesn't have this weird echo that makes it sound like it's out of it goes out of sync halfway through the film. Uh, okay. And you can get that cheap. Uh, you can order direct from Amazon UK and get it, I think, for about 10 bucks. I'll look into it. But I have that one. You heard it here first, listeners. So, uh, because Unbreakable was like, Unbreakable was one of those films that I really cared about. And I remember whenever I started like buying Blu-rays, I, the review came out and I was like, why is this so bad? And <laughs> a couple of years later, it was released in the UK and I was, and saw the review for that. And it compared, like you can like comparison screenshots and stuff and see the difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, 2008, Samuel Jackson starts talking more about possibly possibly doing it, but he can't get Shyamalan to commit because he doesn't feel like he had an idea, a good enough idea. And of course, we all know that eventually he came up with this idea for the Horde character, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin. And hey, we're going to make it. What if we twisted this just ever so slightly and put it in this universe? Mm-hmm. And Split was a huge hit. And that got everybody interested once again, and they couldn't run fast enough to make glass. Yeah, and that's one of my complaints, is that... It was always envisioned as a trilogy. Yeah, well, yeah, and I know that, but this movie, to me, the best way I heard it described, I I listened, I watched a review on YouTube, and I'm sorry, I don't remember uh, who it was, but they said... And this is my sen- I agree with this sentiment is as a standalone movie, it's 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 fine. Um, as a split sequel, it's interesting, and as an unbreakable sequel, it's disappointing because it doesn't really f- it doesn't feel like an unbreakable sequel to me. I like that. So I, here's what I like. I like that we have this we have this super he- hero trilogy from Shyamalan Mm -hmm. and each movie like each hero has its own identity yeah for sure and I I appreciate that because you've heard my complaints about especially about phase one of Marvel they all feel interchangeable Mm -hmm. this does not this feels like a solid trilogy of films it's kind of like the Dark Knight trilogy as well each of those feel very different right um and I appreciate that to know, and it's too easy sometimes to just remake the same movie. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think an, an, another thing is just, I guess I am, I, I'm trying so hard to separate myself from my own uh, expectations back behind, because mm-hmm. I did have expectations. What I was really wanting and we did get it at the beginning of the movie, like in the first 20, the first 20 minutes of the movie was I was wanting to know what's David been doing all these years. Did he follow through with fulfilling his, mm-hmm. his, uh, what he was born to be essentially. Um, or did Elijah turn him off at the end of the movie and he just n- decided to never do it again. But, and so I was really wanting to see the answer to that and was hoping it was what we got of with him, He's he's been being this vigilante for all these years, and I uh, was kind of wanting the overseer a hunt essentially for this movie. I wanted to see the overseer going after the horde, right? But we kind of get that. Yeah. I mean, we got that to a point. Then when it happens, when he captures ca- catches him, and then they go to 
prison, I was like, well, well, that was short. What's the what's the next part? When are we going to... What's the movie yeah, here? Yeah, what's the movie here? And then we're in this asylum for most of the movie, which I've talked about it a little bit. Uh, I, I, I have trouble with movies in one location. Like, mm-hmm. that's the main reason I don't like the Hunger Games is because they're just in this bubble the whole movie. Uh, and so I... That was a turnoff for the first time I watched this. I saw it with Matt Thursday night. And then Sunday, again, I went to see an IMAX with Kyle. Okay. Second time I saw it, I liked it more. Okay. I'll say that. Because the first time... I feel like you had so heavy of expectations. I had expectations, and they were all shattered. Um, I still have complaints with the movie. But the first time I watched it, it was a huge disappointment looks-wise. Because traditionally, Shyamalan is very stylish, and I love his style. Um, But the first time, it just looked bland to me. Hmm. Like, there was no... It didn't pop. Where uh, Like, Unbreakable. Unbreakable is a very interesting-looking movie to me. And they are... Unbreakable is shot in film, and this was digital. But... I don't necessarily think that has to do with it as much as, like just not to interrupt i mean inter- to interrupt you but not to be mm-hmm. rude um unbreakable i feel like was part of the uh films that came out around that era that had to be bathed in cyan mm-hmm. or um like teal green yeah and this does have a different color and i do but when i saw it in imax i don't know if it was just seeing it on bigger screen or if it was uh separate uh, uh, digital stock that mm-hmm. they had shot f- with different cameras, but it it was I, I liked looking at it more. Okay, uh, there was more moments where I was like, "Oh, this is an interesting look. I like this." Uh, the pink room with their interview at the yes. end of her uh, sessions yes. was was like it drew me, it drew in my eyeballs. Um, but the first time it just wasn't, and also the first time we saw it. We got out of the theater, and you turned to me and said, whoever did the sound mixing needs to be fired. Like, did you notice oh that? And I was God. like, when it got distorted? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because there's this moment where Elijah was talking. I don't know if any listeners noticed this or if it was just, like, a blown speaker in our room or what. How was it in IMAX? It sounded fine. Really? Okay. It didn't even get loud. Like, it felt like that moment Elijah's voice was just way louder than everything else, yeah, and it was something distorted. Happened and it, I mean, there could have been somebody jo- like jockeying with the fucking True, controls yeah. in the back. I don't know. But yeah, like there was a moment where Jeez. it's meant to be a quieter moment and all of a sudden Elijah's like, yes, I'm like, he had his mi- uh, mouth on the mic. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like, what happened? And who, who okayed this? Was this your cousin? Like, I know you're trying to save money here. You made it on a budget, but come on. Yeah, I kind of want to. It feels like a long movie, but I wouldn't mind watching it again just to see that scene same. to see if, what, if it's the same in any theater or if it was just our moment. I mean, because IMAX, it sounded fine. It shot up like that for like I almost the rest of the film, except mm-hmm. for whenever they finally got outside, it suddenly seemed to go back to normal. Yeah. Um, but I, I put it was hurting my ears and I put my hood up cause I was like, okay, this will act like some kind of like dampener to a point. Yeah. And it did, but it was still like, it was awful. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, that was, that was terrible. So we pick up this movie and David's doing his thing. Yeah. And I liked what we saw. Uh, like I liked that he kept it up. I also liked how they kind of gave us an intro to him and his, his powers without, 
too much too much over explanation of his powers. No, yeah, I got so ex- so we see these dumb kids, and I got so excited when he enters the room, and the kid says, "It's you," because then they did answer that question mm-hmm. for me. I'm like, he's been doing this all these years. This is awesome. Yes. and he did have that Batman feel. It was, but it's such a simple costume too, and I, that was great to see that back. Yeah, uh, and then we find out he's no no longer working at the. Uh, stadium. The stadium. He's got his own company, and which makes perfect sense. And we see Joseph, which, like, as soon as I see Joseph, I have the biggest smile on my face because to s- just see these characters from one of my favorite movies and uh, the same actors back. Yeah, yeah, same actors. And he's he's um, as Ned in Spider-Man: Homecoming says, his guy in the chair. Yeah, yeah. Which is, or Micro which is cool. and Punisher. Yeah, I yeah, it was perfect. I liked. I really liked that. I like the idea that he now owns uh, a security uh, store system, mm-hmm. system store, uh, because that sounds, I feel like that was probably more Joseph's idea because you can have eyes and ears everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment in this film that comes later on where all you see all these cameras being installed. And I was like, one, yeah. that's going to be something. And I actually didn't expect what came. I thought Joseph was yeah. going to be monitoring the entire thing and he was going to somehow find a way to break him out. My biggest complaint is that I wanted more of the side characters. I wanted to feel a little bit more of their presence. Interesting. Um, I didn't mind so much the mom. I felt like she had a good, Elijah's mom, I felt like she had a good balance, but I wanted more from Joseph and I wanted more from Casey. Hmm. We got little bits here and there of both of them where, you know, the doctor kind of um, analyzes them to a point. I think we have the same complaint here just we have different solutions because the characters just felt oddly placed in the movie. Like they're just, they felt like just thrown in almost there. These two dimensional characters. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Whereas my solution is get rid of them for like, put them in, like just sprinkle them in here. Just have them put some answers in. Whereas you wanted more of, I wanted a little bit more. You wanted them more drawn out and filled. More filled out. Yeah. Because, because really, they just felt like exposition to me. Like, that's all they served in this movie. Kind of. Like, I want to know, for instance, Joseph, where did he, how how did he convince his dad to team up mm. like this? Where, like, what's been his, what's been his life? Has I mean, he ever tried to go on? Like, there's so much, so many questions I have about that. And for a few years, this was going to be, the sequel was going to be a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seth said he would have preferred that. He hasn't seen this movie yet, but he said he was back when we did the podcast over the M Night movies. He was like, "I think I'd like it better as a TV show." Um, you would just have I, to I think it would have been it would have been fun to see like all these episodes of him going out and Batmaning in the sit Philadelphia. But eventually, it's going to be the villain of the week, and we're going to grow yeah. tired of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, unless you did have a horde character where he's the main till till the end but mm-hmm. in the end after seeing it twice i enjoy the movie it's still i feel like it could have been much better mm-hmm. um my main thing is it feels like he had he had a few different ideas of what this movie should be and he just couldn't decide and so he kind of just mixed them explain um I feel like he wanted to do the David Dunn and the Horde thing, mm-hmm. like initially that was his idea, but then he was like, "Well, we got to do something with Mister Glass," so he starts writing the the Insane Asylum thing, 
but then he also had to have a this ending battle thing and it feels like very obviously cut into three parts to me interesting okay i actually the only time that i noticed where we had kind of entered the final act was whenever glass gets his i his suit back like mm-hmm. his jacket and all that it's kind of like okay like we're in the final. This is the this is the third act. Supposedly he does have a he he had a three hour cut of this. Yeah, he did, and that's what I've heard too. I'd like to see it if it's released. Uh, so. same. Maybe it'll have some of the things I want. I mean, maybe it'll have more of these secondary characters. I just I feel like Casey because like I was so I wasn't prepared for what she was gonna do. I was really intrigued that she wanted to go back mm-hmm. to him, and whenever she wanted to see him, I was like, in my mind. She was going to try and kill him. Mm. It wasn't necessarily the compassion. Mm-hmm. It was, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I saw a lot of people were complaining online, like, why is she here? Why is she going to him? Like, I guess it was just hard for them to, because to me it was just like she feels a connection. She feels a connection, and I think she feels like a debt to him because she got rid of her uncle because mm. of him. She okay, gave, yeah. gave her strength, and I I really like that. I like that aspect, It's but I want I want more... I guess I I want a little bit more. I don't know if interaction between them is it, or just more of Casey's kind of. Do you life. like Unbreakable more or Split? Unbreakable. Okay. I like more of the character piece, and that's and I feel like. I feel like there was so much. She had so much story in Split that I feel like you could you could do a bit more with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her everyday life? Is she suffering from PTSD? Does she have nightmares of the of the horde? Like what's going on there and be but instead we just get her she sees she heard the principal calls her in tells her what's happened and she just goes up there but we don't get our it's kind of like terminator right you have terminator and you have sarah connor that goes through a very um a very uh rare and uh troubling and extremely intensive experience Mm -hmm. right right and people come out of that one of two ways. They either become fearful, the fearful victim that's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, no, and always on edge, right? Which is kind of, you never watched Halloween H2O, but that was the version of Laurie Strode in that. Mm. They become reliant on, on like drugs or alcohol just enough to get them by and to escape that kind of like overwhelming pressure that comes with being a survivor. Right. Or you go the opposite way and you become Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 or Laurie Strode in the new Halloween where you're an a just like tough as nails and you're ready to kill whatever whatever that tormentor was. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see what like I wasn't sure which of those Casey was going to be and I wanted a little bit more insight into into what she became because this is somebody that didn't necessarily go either. It kind of went, kind of went the Sarah Connor Terminator two route, but not in a, like she had no fear. She obviously had no fear of the beast or anything like that. Right. But she wasn't ready to kill him either. So it was was a very interesting choice, but I want to know, I'd like to see more of like, why? Okay. Yeah. I, I see it's, it's to me, I guess I like split. But it's not one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and so I think I was just watching the movie. It felt like 
he wanted to make an Unbreakable sequel like he's been saying all these years. He knows the fans are there, but then it also felt like he was pressured because of how successful Split was. He had to focus on that because it really feels like almost 50% a Split sequel, 50% an Unbreakable sequel, Mm -hmm. whereas there's three characters that I feel like you should at least be splitting it into. Um, Ah. But it feels like it's just split into two and David and uh, Elijah are sharing the, their time. Yeah. Um, whereas it's called glass and you don't get the titular glass until halfway into the movie. Kind of. Yeah. Cause I was so, that was strange. It, like I was wondering like, where does he, I knew he was going to be in the asylum cause I'd seen the poster, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, and see how. I, where has he been? How has he been? Like, did you watch the trailer? You know, I I think I caught the teaser trailer, but I don't mm-hmm. think I watched the actual trailer. And there's a moment in the teaser trailer where it's the horde pushing David into the big tub, right? Mm-hmm. But the effects weren't done completely, and it looks awful. Do you think they were done when the movie was over? They, it looks a lot better than what okay. I recall the trailer. Is that I would I I didn't. There's not a lot of CG on in this, and actually, the stuff with uh the beast looks way better than this movie than Split. Cause wh- I rewatched Split before uh going to see Glass, and like some of the stuff with the horde, like his skin just looks like it's obviously CGI with the veins and all that. But in this one, it he he looks great. But part of that is the lighting. Like you cannot escape. It's got to look true. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was moments like when David's room is filling up with water mm. and it's just first, it shows you the tank outside and there's a CGI tarp on top of that thing just flowing in the wind. I was like, Oh, they couldn't afford a real tarp. I, guess. I didn't realize <laughs> that was CGI. It. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I don't think I noticed it the first time, but seeing it the second time IMAX. on IMAX, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a CGI tarp. Yeah. And then, but what I did notice the first time was when they break out of that, when he breaks out of the tank, like it's, I can tell the effect. It's a C, a mix of CGI and practical. And I could tell just, that the that, green screens kind of, that was the only, effect wasn't cleaned in the film. up perfectly. Yeah. That was the only effect in the film that I could be like, okay, that was CGI. Like I know that was CGI, but the mm-hmm. rest of it, I couldn't so much. Um, I don't know why I got on that subject. I feel like we're, I had something to say, but yeah. I well, I mean, you were just talking about like the beast and how he looked. Oh yeah. Um, and feeling like this was kind of fifty-fifty. I feel like part of the reason that this, the beast got so much screen time is that okay, one, M Night Shyamalan financed this entire movie by himself. <laughs> Blumhouse. Nobody did anything but say, okay, we'll distri- we'll distribute it, <laughs> distribute it. Um. $20 million, re- he used earnings from Split and refinanced his, or uh, he <laughs> took a second mortgage out. <laughs> oh, he did something. He, he, uh, he made a deal with the bank where essentially like if he didn't pay it back, like he put his home up for, to, to be able to take a loan out. Hmm. Right. His big, I guess he was on like some big mansion ranch thing. So at any rate, uh, and he got, he got 10 million from them, 10 million of his own money, put it in, made, this $20 million movie and like Bruce Willis was a willing participant. I feel like it's probably the best performance he's given on screen in years. Um, I feel like, yeah, cause apparently he just, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff lately, uh, but apparently he just always is calling it in a lot of the time. 
I feel I feel like the Die Hard movies are about the only times that he does not. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's That's definitely because I rewatched Unbreakable and Split before seeing this, but I can definitely see he's he's not. It doesn't seem like he cares about acting anymore. <laughs> like watching his performance now, I'm like, I feel like he just kind of doesn't want to do this anymore. I feel like he was really subdued in this movie, but I feel like it was because the character had grown old, and that was kind. Of, he was kind of weary, and that also spoke to the strength of the character. Hmm. Uh, like why he well, sure he's unbreakable, but he's also not invincible. Mm-hmm. Invincible, and he's not Superman. Yeah, it felt like he was being fed lines. Really? Yeah, it felt like the Shyamalan would be like, "Say this," and then he would repeat it. Uh-huh. Because it didn't like in the first one, it feels like like a David Dunn feels like a real person. Like he's very he has a very he has a lot of personality. He's very quiet mm-hmm. and keeps to himself. But then I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the same character, really. Interesting. I, if you, if you watch them back to back, it's like well, whenever Glass comes out, I'm going to watch. All, I'm going to sit down and watch all three back to back. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so. Uh, he only could afford like he he obviously could afford the actors, but it was also like I can't keep you for six weeks. <laughs> Whereas James McAvoy, I think maybe more of uh, uh, it might be cheaper, so it was easier to really? lean on his character a little bit more. Than I guess Samuel L. Jackson than, and Bruce yeah. Willis. Yeah, I think he that's, is top build in this movie, and I feel like that's why. I mm-hmm. feel like he's top billed because he carries most of the film. It's not necessarily a paycheck thing. Yeah, for sure. I still think it's. I I will say yeah, it's sad to see because I I like Bruce Willis especially in Unbreakable mm-hmm. um, and Die Hard. But yeah, just seeing him in this next to Bruce Will, or next or next to Samuel L. Jackson and James McAvoy, I'm like man. Because Samuel L. Jackson is amazing. In this he movie. really does. Like, I'm I'm excited. He he's in two this year. Uh, James McAvoy is in three this year at the very least. He has this X Men and uh, what's the third one? Shit, I don't recall. I feel like I Samuel Jackson has three this year, four this year, three or four this year. You know, I what was it? I I was just thinking about it today because I was like, wow, he's he's really killing it right now. I'm looking it up. I'm not just uh, just. You keep looking. Let me know when you figure it out. Okay. Um. But I f- I don't know. I just feel like I. I was really surprised how long it took Samuel Jackson to come into the film, but I liked what he was like what he did when he was there. I also really loved. I loved the beginning like I was saying about seeing what David had been up to, but his standoff with the Beast when he finally sees finally finds him. And there's that standoff uh, where David is protecting the girls. I liked that a lot. Like that felt like I was like, okay, like I got really ramped up here. And then we take a left turn. It's almost like this movie is filled instead of just having one twist. It's got a few. Oh yeah. Because we go to the asylum. Um, We knew Mr. Glass was going to be there. So that's not nearly as much of a surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a complete surprise when you find out he's been faking it the entire time. I did not see that coming. Yeah, it did. It, honestly, going to the asylum does feel like a twist as because it's a even with Unbreakable as like subdued of a superhero mm-hmm. movie it is. It is a superhero sequel. Yes. And so uh, even though I had seen the poster, but I'm I kind of was like, that's probably just marketing. <laughs> like no. that probably has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, but w- boy, was I fooled! Like, what a twist! We're in a asylum for 
most of the most movie. of the movie yeah um um it chapter two was the other one ah yes bill. he is he is bill yeah so he's got three jackson's mm-hmm. got f- three or four <laughs> i don't know if he's an in-game or not Nah, probably not i don't know we'll see yeah i'm interested to see Side note, are you going to rewatch all the Marvel films this year? Yes, I am. Really? After Captain Marvel comes out, and I I, I did the math, it's every other day I have to watch one. When are you going to so start? Day after, two days after Captain Marvel. Okay. All right. Um, So they end up in the insane asylum, and no, I don't like any of the guards, really. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and they, they play on that. I had the doctor... I actually thought the doctor might be might be okay. That twist you know, caught me off guard. And I knew Sarah Paulson was going to be in this because I every time the trailer would come on, it would start with her and she's talking and then it shows you uh Elijah. Okay. And she's talking to him and I was like, "Oh, okay. Head down. Yeah. Headphones in." Um so I knew she was going to be in this and so when we first hear her in the yard yelling to David to not run. I was like, oh, okay, this is Sarah Paulson, obviously. But I didn't, I, I just didn't know what this movie was going to be. Yeah. It was a great feeling. But I liked, I liked what she did in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what's his name? Uh, oh, I have it written down um, in my notes. One of the guards? Daryl. Like, he that has the scene where he's flashing the lights, and I'm like, okay, this guy's going to fuck stuff up. <laughs> and I thought this moment was he was going to keep flashing to where he, like, becomes immune or something. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they have this tense music. And it, I I feel like M. Night has a lot to do with the music that goes into his movies, uh, like choosing where and when. Um, and it just – it this movie, it feel, like, I, I feel like he does moments with the music to trick you because there's moments where it's very tense sounding music, yes. but it's it ends up just being nothing. Being it's nothing, r- kind of a MacGuffin moment. Yeah, Wes Dylan Thorson, Thorson is the composer. He also did Split. Oh, okay. He's very, very, very good with his uh, sound design and drones and things like that. I, I like his mu- I, I definitely like his music, and I loved his music in Glass more so than I did his music in Split. Yeah, and my my only, like, complaint, it's not really a complaint, kind of more of a letdown, is since it is an Unbreakable sequel too, I was kind of hoping for the Unbreakable theme to be back in this movie yeah. and, like, just be around David. Because really, uh, when I was re-watching them the other night, I guess I didn't notice it when watching Split the first time when you enter the diner it starts playing this the unbreakable theme it does and i i'm pretty i'm pretty sure the theme's in there i know uh, for sure i know for sure that whenever i know the notes are that they're played on a piano okay um whenever david f- first it's either when he first enters the room or it's when he breaks out of the room something like that but they play a very stripped down version of that theme hmm. um yeah, um, I didn't notice, but yeah, I so yeah, so I liked Ellie. I like didn't like Daryl. I didn't hate rip off Oscar Isaac. Rip off Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he was the other one. He has the scene with the flashlight. I got like that, that dude, scene. That's the dude that I hated. I hated okay. that guy. 
whenever he started messing with Elijah like that, I was like, really? Like, you people, you are the worst kind of people. I understand you have to be in this movie, but you are the worst kind of people. It just, it, but it did, the music ramping up in that moment with him doing that, it really created a lot of tension. Yeah. And whenever Glass cut Daryl's throat, Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, that was shocking. what? Like, you, what? No. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah. Uh, yeah, which in it's so, uh, I like it kind of evolves his character in this movie because he's more old and, like, withered. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. in the first one, he's so, he doesn't, he's not, I guess he's, it's just seeing him go from, in that movie, he doesn't know who he is, but he believes in heroes. And in this one, he, like, accepts himself as a villain and he has that moment right there took a bitch ass time for me to find the right piece yeah it was just nice to see him like that was his evolving moment i like he's a villain um but i will say seeing the other guy the ripoff oscar isaac as i'm going to keep calling him um the beast kills him in his only finishing move he has apparently where he just squeezes because <laughs> he, he does that to that. the doctor in the first movie. Yeah. And then he tries to do it to, to David, David early on. Um, and then he does it. He finally gets it with this rip guy. Off Oscar Isaac. I mean, we see, we see he has the battle, which was really cool when in the basement mm-hmm. as uh, Elijah's rolling away and you see it out of focus. He's fighting all these guys. It was just cool. And that was cool. It's really, the action is very down tuned in this movie it's definitely more of a psychological thriller than it is um a horror movie or and i was wondering if it was more so he just didn't want to hire any fight uh trainers for this movie or if it was he was just trying to show this is what it would be like if these guys have never fought anybody before and they're just pushing each other back and forth i think it's more okay i'll tell you exactly what it is this movie is a dissection of the superhero genre as we know it it plays with your expectations. They tell you, we're going to go to this big place yeah. and we're going to show the world and there's going to be this big fight and everything. And then you know what? They never go. They have the fight in the parking lot. And instead of being flashy and all this stuff, like and almost like a dance like you see in many of these superhero movies, it's very gritty and real, nearly like an MMA kind of fight where it's like you get two guys that just grab each other and it's just kind of like, I'm going to mess you up. No, I'm going to mess you up. And yeah. Um, and there's moments in the movie. I'm like wondering if it's, if it, to me, it feels kind of like if it is that it feels like he's like punching you in the face with that note. Like mm-hmm. it's not a real superhero movie. Uh, but it also like kind of feels like maybe the three hour cut was what he really had. That was good. And this was just the best he could do with what the what studio, studio would release. Would yeah. Um, Cause it does feel, I like twin peaks, but there's moments in there that are so off <laughs> and so drawn out, drawn out. And yes. there's moments in this that remind me of that. I totally see that. Um, I don't know. I really That's the best word I have for this mo- mo- for this movie is offbeat. Okay. And I like that. I liked yeah. it. Uh, it it works and it it's nice to have in contrast to Captain Marvel coming up. Yeah, and all these other superheroes films that always I and to jump ahead, their death when they all die. Mm-hmm. I mean I know we just got 
Avengers Infinity War where everybody dies, but I'm going to spoil it. Everybody's going to eventually come back because mm. that's how comic books work. And I don't yeah. know that for a fact, but I'm just telling you like comic books, nobody, the rule used to be nobody's dead except for Bucky Barnes and Jason Todd and, and Uncle Ben and Uncle Ben. And everybody has come back except for Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought, it took them t- 30 years to bring back Jason Todd, 25, 30 years to bring back Jason Todd and a, and about 40 years to bring back Bucky. Mm-hmm. But they both, and oddly enough, they happened within almost a year of each other. <laughs> but they brought him back and that's just how superheroes work. Batman, yeah. Batman was a character that had never died. He still has not technically ever died. He quote died and they sent what they did was they sent him back in time and he had and he eventually tra- found a way to travel through time because of what dark side did to him but everybody else has died superman has died but he has come back All right um and this in this movie it's very final but this was always his intention he always wanted to kill to give give the viewers a definite end of the journey mm-hmm. so the plan was to always kill them Maybe not necessarily exactly this way, but the de- but in movie three, everybody would be dead. I liked the ending for. I hated and liked it because I felt like out of three, Mister Glass had the best death. Because oh man, when he got hit and like oh, you hear yeah. that glass shatter too, I thought that was a really nice. It touch. made sense. Um, we have that twist of it was his. He, he says. It wasn't just any train that he was on. I'm like, wow, what a twist. And then so we get the scene. And that was an awesome scene to see be back on that train. And you recognize the girl coming forward. Yes. Uh, that was that was awesome. Now, the dad there, that was not in Unbreakable. He was not. No. Okay. Yeah, it was completely reshot. And uh, I don't think can, it was. It was she's, a, she's out of focus, which she's not out of focus in the movie. I think it was um, more like they edited it. It was edited. It. Yeah, it edits once you're going past the, the chairs to uh, David. Willis. Which is one of my favorite scenes of any of his movies going between the seats between David and the girl he's flirting with. Um, but that was cool. Okay. I felt like Casey was in this movie just to get, just so this guy, so uh, uh, Kevin would get shot. Like it hmm. seemed like that was her only, pl- that was the main reason she was in here was so she could get Kevin toned down and then he gets shot in the stomach which was just kind of it was kind of a letdown of his end i was really taken like taken off card by him whenever there was a moment um because it's it's david's son joseph Mm -hmm. that figures out he was his father was on the train right right and he had been looking. There was an article or something that was up on the computer slightly before the camera pans to him to show, do the oh wow thing. Right. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, I feel like we're gonna get some reveal that the horde was created by glass as well oh, in some in some weird way. I didn't know how, but it felt like because I saw the train ad, and it's kind of like there's your a little bit of foreshadowing if you're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was like, hmm. And then whenever it happened, I was like, okay, Horde will kill Glass because David won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I figured David was going to kill the Horde and that was going to be the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I mean, 
what did you think of the, this we this reveal of a secret organization or the secret organization itself um it was it was int- it was interesting in the in the way that there are secret societies throughout all of history mm-hmm. that kind of control things mm-hmm. and it would make sense that if said secret society did not have special beings or could not control them that they would suppress them i f- and i feel like it's also a statement of the world that we live in right now there are a lot of really um uh really suppressed uh people and just like be it um lgbt or be it uh people that uh i mean uh, like it sounds dumb but people that don't support the president mm-hmm like uh not necessarily just democrats just people that don't uh, agree like people that are not in line with him mm-hmm. right and i feel like it's kind of a comment on on that it's if it's beyond our control we suppress and we suppress and we suppress and i didn't i didn't mind it i i i didn't have a problem i didn't love it but i didn't hate it felt random to me really like i don't i don't give m night enough credit for him to have a lot of meaning behind this organization it just felt like he needed an ending and he wanted it to be contrasting whatever you where do you want to use opposite of the normal superhero movie um, final like you said and so mm-hmm. he kind of just threw these guys in there there's a moment and he also has to please his critics with a twist and so see I, I felt like the twist oh, she's the, the bad guy uh, see, I didn't feel, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't feel like that was a twist, and I didn't feel like that was a twist, because, and I don't know if it was in the, I can't remember if it was in the movie, or if it's in the teaser trailer, mm-hmm. that David tells her to shake my hand, and she says no. Oh. Yeah, it's definitely not a good twist, because the whole time you are like, what is she, why is she off a bit? And I, I think that moment happens whenever he's first in his cell, and he's like, you gotta let me out of here, and, or he, I feel like if that, like, if it's in there, it's either there, or it's whenever they're talking, but it's for sure a line in the teaser trailer and you hear her say no. And so that tipped me off that something's not quite right with the doc. Hmm. Did I think it was going to be a secret organization? No, I actually kind of the way it felt like the film was focusing on Kevin. I almost wondered if it was his mom. Oh, because to my knowledge, we never got, a closure like is she alive is she dead uh-huh. we just knew that kevin had no interaction with her and that she, like she was a terrible parent mm-hmm. um which speaking of uh, supposedly i don't know who said who claims this but supposedly there's a moment in unbreakable where david when he's first going out to find people and he finally finds the guy who's the the murderer uh, he bumps into a few people first that he just passes on mm-hmm. and one of them is a lady who was abusive to her son and supposedly that's her and Kevin could be. Yeah. Wow. I think that's just I mean, kind that of like a, be... <laughs> a retcon. Like, yeah, I don't I mean, think that... it was intended. Initially. No, but that'd be cool to loop it in like that. I mean, Hey, which also one of the, <laughs> I, I kind of giggled in the theater with you uh, when we get M night's cameo, very heavy handed. And he's the same guy from the last movie and the guy, and the that... guy from unbreakable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, I used to hang out with some shady characters, which is a weird part from Unbreakable. I think it was there was a scene cut because 
he goes to him or he bumps into him. He, w- he sees him throwing away drugs or grabbing drugs out of a trash can. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to him and he doesn't have drugs on him. And so it's been like a, a debate for years. Like maybe it was in the future. Like maybe he has this, he has the ability to see what people will do. Maybe. But yeah, yeah, there's just like discussion for years. And so that was kind of like, just a, like a little shout out to that debate. <laughs> oh, I liked it. I liked it. Um, Oh man, there was something I was gonna. You were talking about in Night Shyamalan and his cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, he's talking about you, the doctor. She died. Right. What did you think about the deleted scene from Unbreakable that got used here? I loved it. That was well. Here's my. I I I told Kyle about this uh, after the movie is. I like that scene a lot because I mean I'm a huge fan of Unbreakable and it was. It was a night like you were saying you wanted more of Joseph. That was a great moment where we got to see their relationship again, yeah. which is such a well developed. That movie is such a great character piece, yes. and especially their relationship. Um, and so getting to see getting a bit of that in this movie was great. But going back from like I was saying about the looking at this movie versus the look of Unbreakable, like it was disappointing going you back kinda... into Glass being like, oh. Where's the grain? <laughs> yeah, you could definitely notice the grain was there and was gone. Um, and I, I guess with Joseph, you feel there is a bit more to his character than, um, than Casey. But I just, I still wanted a little more. I definitely wanted a little bit more Casey. The mom, we got so much of her in Unbreakable that I did not need her mm-hmm. as much. I understood her role that she was going to be. I was like, wow, she's still around. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. Lasers. I, I knew she was going to be supportive of Elijah no matter what because mm. that's always been her. Um, but at the same time, it felt like she was going to be... Um, I I half expected her to help more, to help Elijah mm-hmm. m- more than she did. <laughs> I kind yeah. of expect... I, I don't know. We get we get Joseph and Casey almost running into each other so many times, and I'm just like, like yeah. at the comic book shop, I was like, around the corner. Oh, there was another like, so, so the fan service there with the same comic book owner guy, uh, from Unbreakable. I liked it. Um, well, I was like, wow, I guess there's only one comic book store, but yeah, it's fine. But then he like he's he finishes his uh, transaction with. Casey and then he turns to the back and I'm like no don't do it don't do a call back to Unbreakable and he says he says hey what are you doing back there you better not be one of those Hello Kitty perverts which is just it's so similar to his line what's his line in the first one which is you better not be jacking off to the the Japanese comics to to Elijah Elijah. back there and I'm like yeah why would you do like well, that's the most random thing to call back to it is it is and, a bit random but i liked it it kind of shows that sometimes small towns don't change it's philadelphia it's not a small town <laughs> but it i mean tulsa doesn't change a lot yeah maybe i don't know just felt felt little hey the comic book the, com- the comic book shop and the owner like it's still the same that i've been going to since i was <laughs> 13 okay okay years does he always say the same exact things? Not quite, but he has still that same sense of humor. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. And whenever I walk in, I it's still, it's still, how the hell you been? So. Yeah. Um, 
Yep. So this is a bit of a space of what I was talking about, but um, glass. Good death. Liked it. Kevin, bit bit, bit disappointing. What about David? David, I was. You were mad. You looked mad. It's like, I'm fine with my characters dying. Like it's emotional and stuff, but he's literally killed by a faceless villain that just comes out of nowhere. He's on his, his wrist is on screen for less than a minute. And he just drowns this guy. Whenever I saw the clover tattoo, I was like, okay, normally they cover up, they cover up, um, (laughs) Tattoos. Tattoos. Whenever I saw that, I was like, something's up with that. Like, I just... I just well, you see the first one from the sniper. Yeah. And then you see it on him being drowned and so on. And like, I was like, what's, what's one... a clover? And then you see it on Sarah Paulson. And all makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, okay. But that just was so frustrating. And it, I've, I've, I'm glad I've gone online and found out multiple other people agree or have the same issue is that your main hero was killed off by a nobody Mm -hmm. literally a nobody he has no face no name a wrist with a tattoo that's part of the the kind of like (sighs) fuck you superhero movies maybe i that definitely feels like that because you expect the big bad to kill off your good guy and instead it's somebody else out of nowhere because sometimes that's life sometimes you die in a car wreck yeah this was also the same guy who made The Last Airbender, Matt. Uh, so. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> Rein it in a little bit. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't give him too much credit. <laughs> I, I feel like this is probably the, the film he... You may you probably feel different, but I feel like it's probably the film he's put the most thought into. I feel like he came up, like what you said, he came up with a lot of ideas. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like he just needed more time. I, I feel like he was on a time constraint here and he didn't have enough because they cause shot like, it in six weeks he had been thinking about an unbreakable sequel for a long time but then with the success of split he had to decide how much unbreakable how much glass how much split yeah so he yeah and so i think it was just he didn't have enough time to yeah, perfect right. it i can see that i i think it's probably my unbreakable still my favorite mm-hmm. oh i made my list if you want to hear okay, it. Okay, yeah, let me hear it. Because I've seen all of his movies. Uh, no, no, I, I just mean out of the trilogy. Oh, out of the trilogy? Well, I'll, I'll read the list anyway because you'll get to see the trilogy in there. Unbreakable is my number one. Same. Then after that, I have Signs. Okay. Then three is The Village. Four is The Sixth Sense. Oh, wait, where is Glass? Oh, I didn't place Glass in here. I can, I can still place it in a minute. Then The Sixth Sense. Then Split. Then Lady in the Water. I need to see that one again. Then Glass. Okay. The I Happening, mean. After Earth, The Visit, and The Last Airbender. Okay. Only reason The Visit is that low is because it scared me too much. Okay. I was like, but The Visit was good. Like, what happened? Uh, I also didn't really care about the kids in that. Like, okay. I didn't like them. They were annoying. But yeah. Uh, okay, so I think mine's different. I think I I think I like Glass more than I do Split. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Because it was so much... And maybe maybe the reason is is because I got spoiled on Split. I don't uh, know. Okay. Yeah, um, but like I just I I really enjoyed the experience of it. I will say I'd rather watch this than Split. I think simply because Split is so stressful and dark, mm-hmm. and so it's not an easy just th- put it into the yeah <laughs> player and watch it. Yeah. Whereas Glass, like, there's a lot there that 
like I, I feel like I need to f- see it more times mm-hmm. than just two. And so I, I would definitely like to rewatch it and it's easier to consume than split. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if you want to sit down and watch the entire trilogy one day, let's do it. I will. I have um, to. I, after rewatching Unbreakable again, I, 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 I love it even, even more after the fifth or sixth time, however many times I've seen it. What did you, so audience wise, this is sets right in the middle between Split and mm-hmm. Unbreakable. Yeah, I don't know why people don't like Unbreakable as much. Like yeah. maybe it's Split, just I think Split's the highest, then Glass, and then Unbreakable. Maybe I'm wearing nostalgia glasses, but I think Split's maybe okay. Here, the other thing could be we grew up in a time when there wasn't superhero movies, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like oh, we're getting a superhero movies, but it's a superhero movie, but it's also kind of made for adults too, and. It's this interesting hybrid. Yeah, it's the Dark Knight before the Dark Knight. Yeah, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. What did you think of the end? Okay, so here. I knew the cameras were going to be something. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the end, I'm like, there's got to be something. Like, <laughs> we didn't watch those cameras get installed for nothing. Just like we did not we did not get this ominous shot of the hole that David gets drowned in for nothing. Right. I was like, okay, I was like, somebody's going to break a leg. Or Shit. something's gonna happen, or maybe they're they're gonna fall through. I mean, it's a fucking dimension to another world. Yeah. I don't know, but there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. And then David gets drowned in it. So I knew the cameras were gonna be something because M Night Shyamalan does not seem to waste uh, uh, a shot. Yeah, and she does say, "I've got you under watch." Like she does say that on every corner, which was kind of yeah. But it's yeah, obviously it you just get felt the it felt ominous, and it's Chekhov's gun, yeah, essentially. Um. But what did I think of that? Yeah, I and the don't whole no, the reveal and like kind of like to everybody like I guess out it was is f- fine. Like I, I, I was fine with the ending. Okay, I've seen more people be pissed off about that because it's oh now it's a universe or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- <laughs> literally what she says. Mm-hmm. We're being introduced. Oh, I know this moment. What we're it, being introduced to the universe? Or yeah, we're being introduced to the universe and. I didn't mind that. And I liked the fact that the three of them kind of bonded together. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you have the survive, you have the survivors of each of them and they all come from a different place, but more than anything, they support their, their counterpart. And mm-hmm. it was nice to see the three of them together. I thought that was kind of really just kind of lovely. I remember who it was that brought up the statement I said earlier about which if it's disappointing by unbreakable and the other mm-hmm. two, um, it was Jeremy Johns on YouTube or Jans. I don't know how you pronounce that. He's a reviewer on YouTube. Um, and he also had this, he had two videos, one that came out Friday night that was spoiler free. And then he did a spoiler one. And he mentioned this moment about the ending that I was like, Oh yeah, that's true. And it's nobody would (laughs) believe this in our world. And even if they did, like, even if it was like, Oh my God! They're superheroes. A week later, they'd forget about it. Probably. Like that's viral uh, videos in our world. Is that it would people would be like, oh, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just somebody made these videos. And I mean, I've seen I've seen better effects on on YouTube. Right. I don't know. It was interesting. I liked it, and I. It doesn't seem like Shyamalan's going to go for a sequel. He's he's said a few mm-hmm. times that he's not really. Interested. Yeah, it's not necessary. He's, this was the always, you know, he completed his story as far as he's concerned and he holds the rights to everything. So Mm -hmm. they can't go make one without him. 
I will say I feel relieved. Like I don't have to, like, even though it was disappointing to me, I don't feel like I have to wait any longer. <laughs> like I'm, I'm excited to see what he puts out next and not having mm-hmm. to rely on it, uh, dealing with unbreakable. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, Unless he does a Last Airbender sequel. (laughs) Ah! No. Oh, man, there was something else. I was... I can't remember. Talking about the universe and all that. And him holding the rights. Uh, Did you notice it was a Christmas movie? At that that last scene when it's zooming out um, in the train station, there's a Christmas tree in the... Oh, no, I I missed that completely. it's a Christmas movie. That's cool. I have to remember that this December. There we go. There we go. Yeah, no, I didn't realize that. Um, I I I liked it. Like it was a solid. It was like a solid, probably f- four out of five. Hmm. I'll give it a three. Give it a three. Yeah, I I'd like to rewatch it. I'm sure it'll. It would. I would imagine it would grow. It grew the second time, so maybe it'll grow a third. And I think maybe watching them all like right close together, you might pick up on other things and might be fun. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Or maybe I liked it more the second time because it was further separated from my It could be. It could be. You never you never quite know. Yeah. So what do we got next? Favorite scenes. Hmm. I know mine. It's the first scene with David. When first he takes scene with on David. those dickheads. Oh, yeah. Hmm. He's walking up and he flips off the switch. Yeah. Okay. That was awesome. That was, that was, awesome. That that was, was so good. Yeah. That was good. I'll applaud him for that one. Man. I think my favorite... Probably my favorite scene... Uh, probably would be Bruce Willis, when, David, when he comes out and he's got his uniform on. Mm-hmm. Right, after he's been locked up. Um, and... Elijah takes notice to him and his face just grows. Like you just see that look on his face and it's a look that I've seen in a lot of stills, but, and he kind of says like, welcome, you know, or whatever he says. But I like the moment of all three of them as they're meant to be coming face to face. Mm -hmm. I liked that. Yeah. That was awesome. The show, I believe they call it a showdown. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Mama, uh, exposition tells us. Yeah, Mama Exposition. This has been a Second Mob podcast. For more audio content or information on this podcast, please visit secondmob.com. Bada bing, bada boom. Woo!